Can the Kings follow up their best performance of the season with a similar one tonight? Jonathan Quick is carrying the load for now. It's almost decision time for Brant Clark and Victor Arvidsson set to return, we think, as the Kings get ready to take on the Winnipeg Jets. We'll discuss that next on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. And if you missed it, we have met our goal of over 800 subscribers by the end of October. At last check, we were at 805. Our next goal is 900 by the end of November. Want to keep it rolling, but thank you so much for your support of the YouTube channel and, of course, all of you listening on the podcast as well. If you like what you're hearing and you're a Kings fan and you have other Kings fans friends, please recommend the show to your friends. My name is Eddie Garcia. I am your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. The past 20-plus years have been at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30-plus years. Kings are back in action tonight. It is Game 9 of the 2022-23 regular season as they host the Winnipeg Jets at Crypto.com Arena. Kings looking to get over 500 as they come into this game with a 4-4 four and four record and looking to follow up a great win against Tampa Bay on Tuesday with another win tonight. We'll talk more about the Winnipeg Jets in a little bit, but as we always do when we uh, talk about what uh, uh, getting into a game, previewing a game, or recapping a game. We talk about the lineup for the LA Kings, and unfortunately, it's a little bit of a question mark at this point because of the status of Victor Arvidsson. He did not play in Tuesday's game against Tampa because of an illness. Um, reports are that things are looking good, that he's feeling better, but they're still waiting, um, I think, for the pregame skate to see how he feels. Uh, if he gives them the thumbs up, he'll be in the lineup. If he doesn't, which is what happened on Tuesday, then he won't play. Um, it's not a serious issue, but again, he's not a definite tonight, but it sounds like just if you want to put a percentage on it, it sounds like maybe 80% that uh, Victor Arson will play tonight. Um, if that is the case, well, you know what? Let's let, We'll talk about the first line first. Uh, it's going to be Andre Kopitar, Kevin Fiala, and Adrian Kempe. The second line, though, we know it'll be Philip Deneau and Trevor Moore, but will it be Victor Arvidsson? I would think if he's healthy enough to go that he'll slot in on that second line. The third line will be Quentin Byfield, but depending on if Victor Arvidsson plays, will it be Gabe Velarde on his wing? Uh, and if Gabe Velarde plays on the third line, or if he moves up to the second line, is Arthur Kaliev going to be on the left or right side? Is Jared Anderson Dolan going to slot in? Again, it all depends on what happens with Victor Arvidsson. The fourth line, though, we think is going to be set. One of their better lines of late, Blake Lazat at center. Brennan Lemieux and Carl Grundstrom on the wings. As for the defense, there's no guessing there. It is going to be the same lineup we've seen for multiple games now, as it seems like the Kings are getting pretty much set uh, with their defensive rotation. Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, your top pairing. Second pairing of Sean Dursey and Matt Roy. Alex Edler and Brant Clark, the third pairing. And Jonathan Quick in net once again for the Kings. Now, again, uh, Victor Arvidsson looks to be a game-time decision. I, again, I, I, if he does play, I would expect him to just go ahead and slot in his normal second-line position. Um, but Gabe Velarde um, is red hot, so I could understand if maybe Todd McClellan decided to keep Velarde 
in that second spot, maybe give him a little bit more ice time as the right wing on the second line. But I don't know. I personally would go ahead and put Victor Arvidsson right back in there, especially because Gabe Velarde has shown he doesn't really care if he plays on the second line or the third line. He's been effective regardless. So he's hot right now. You could put him anywhere, and I think he'll be just fine, And which is great, which it is great to give Todd McClellan options. So we'll see where Gabe Velarde plays. Will it be on the second line? Will it be on the third line? I don't think it really matters either way, to be honest with you. I think he's more than content just getting the ice time and doing the most that he can with it because he's been fantastic so far. Um, but it does affect where Arthur Kaliev plays. If it's Velarde on the third line, then Kaliev would slot I, slot, I believe, on the left wing position on the third line. If Velarde is playing on that second line uh, and Arvidsson is not in the lineup, then Kaliev probably moves to the right side and Jared Addison Dolan would be on the left side. Or... I mentioned it on yesterday's show. I thought Jared Anderson Dolan played really well in his debut on Tuesday. Does Todd McClellan decide, you know what, let's give him another start. Let's reward him for what he did. And we'll take Arthur Kaliab out of the lineup and sit him for a game. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Either way, um, not real worried as far as where everyone's going to slot in. Uh, those, those guys have all done a good job kind of, of moving around at this point. So I don't think it's going to be a big concern. But hopefully, just from a depth standpoint, I would prefer to have Victor Arvidsson in the lineup, Gabe Velarde and, and Arthur Kaliev as well, and, and go ahead and put uh, Jared Anderson Dolan back as one of the scratches uh, for tonight. Again, defensive unit, same as it has been. Uh, Sean Dersey playing again on that left side, even though he's a right shot, and Brant Clark playing on the right side on the third pairing. As uh, for the Kings situation in net, it is going to be Jonathan Quick for a third straight game. He's also played in three of the last four games, having relieved Cal Peterson in the after the first period of that game Thursday in Pittsburgh, and it seems clear and understandable that Todd McClellan doesn't have a lot of confidence in Cal Peterson at this point as far as him carrying a bigger part of the load in net. For now, Quick is clearly the number one, and Cal is clearly the number two, and that's how they're handling the goaltending situation at this point. This is not the sort of 1A, 1B situation that we saw for a lot of last season, um, and you've got a very powerful Toronto team offensively coming to town on Saturday. If Cal was in more of a position where he was kind of that 1B goalie, I could probably see him maybe getting a start tonight against Winnipeg to get quick rested up for Toronto on Saturday. But like I said, that's just not the situation that the Kings find themselves in at this point. It's clearly Jonathan Quick, the number one goalie, and clearly Cal Peterson, the backup goalie, and the, the, the sharing of the duties, if you will, in net are going to follow suit. So the next start for Cal looks like it will come either this coming Monday in St. Louis or the following day, Tuesday in Dallas. So back-to-back games coming up for the Kings on the road. Um, again, one of those starts will go to Jonathan Quick and the other one will go to Cal Peterson. Not sure which will be which, um, but we'll see. Um, Cal will have to play in one of those games because you don't want Quick going back-to-back like that. Um, but for now, I think it's pretty clear that the, the net, the LA Kings net, belongs to Jonathan Quick. Uh, as for the Kings heading into this game, they are coming off, in my opinion, their best performance of the season, a 4-2 win on Tuesday over a very strong Tampa Bay Lightning team. Gabe Velarde, Adrian Kempe, Philip Deneau, and Blake Lazat had the goals in that 4-2 victory. Jonathan Quick earning the win in net. Power play had a goal, and the penalty kill was 4-4 four four on the kill. So hopefully more of that tonight uh, for the LA Kings. And that's really the big question for me going into this game against Winnipeg. Can the Kings put two solid efforts together in back-to-back games. Can they build off that big win, off that great performance? Good teams are consistently good. We still need to see 
if the LA Kings are capable of doing that. We don't know so far in the young season. We haven't seen that yet. Again, we really hadn't seen a solid three periods of hockey from the Kings until Tuesday. So obviously we haven't had a chance to see if they can follow up a good solid performance with another one because they hadn't had one yet. So they've had that now on Tuesday. It's time to carry it over into Thursday, follow up a good effort and a good win with another good effort and another good win. We're going to have a quick look at tonight's opponent, the Winnipeg Jets, in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game out there. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores. For every sport out there, it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Series, MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So again, we've got the uh, Winnipeg Jets in town. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with the Jets, um, they are 3-3 three and three so far on the season. Uh, they're coming off a very nice 4-0 shutout win over the St. Louis Blues on Monday. Their goaltender is Connor Hellebuck. He made 25 saves in that shutout victory. Um, now, the Jets were a disappointing team a year ago, missing the playoffs. And this offseason, they didn't really do much to improve their roster as far as players adding or players being shipped off. They did bring in a new head coach uh, in veteran Rick Bonus. He was fired by the Dallas Stars despite getting them in the playoffs last year and also getting them to the Stanley Cup final a couple seasons ago. Uh, Bonus, who has missed uh, a few games this season due to COVID, actually is not going to be on the bench for his team tonight. Matter of fact, he didn't even make the road trip uh, for Winnipeg as he is still dealing with some COVID issues. So uh, they, the head coach of the Jets not on the bench tonight. As far as what Rick Bonus's impact has been on the team so far, um, well, not much during the regular season because he hasn't been around, but he came in um, early uh, after being named head coach and made kind of a uh, controversial move in that he stripped captain blake wheeler of his captaincy um I, I assume in an attempt to shake things up because like i said this is a a fairly veteran winnipeg team and they didn't make a lot of changes so how do you come in and shake things up well that was the decision of rick bonus and i'm sure management uh okayed it that he felt like um there needed to be uh, a greater leadership effort from maybe all the players um and uh, that was that was a pretty I think shocking move to a lot of Jets fans because Blake Wheeler has been a good player and he's been by all accounts a good captain. But again, this is a veteran team that has disappointed as of late. They are not exactly where they want to be. And because they have a lot of veteran players, um, you know, they feel like uh, they're not ready for a rebuild, but they wanted to do something to shake it up. And so that's what they decided to do. But, but it does, it seems like it really, I don't know that it's had much of an impact so far other than to get some headlines and some people talking. Like I said, the Jets are three and three in the season. So not really sure what they are at this point. They were kind of in the same situation as the Kings after six games as well. Um, so we'll see um, a big game for both teams coming in tonight. And, uh, for the second straight uh, game, the LA Kings will be facing a former Vesna Trophy winning goaltender. As I mentioned, Connor Hellebuck coming off of a shutout uh, is going to get the start in net. Uh, he took the award as the NHL's top goalie in the 2020 season. And again, second straight game, the Kings are taking on a former Vesna Trophy winner. They just beat uh, Tampa Bay's Andre Vasilevsky on Tuesday. He won the Vesna Trophy in 2019. So um, the Kings are uh, facing a couple of good goalies. They were able to get the win 
on Tuesday. Uh, they'll hopefully step up to the challenge tonight against Connor Hellebuck and the Winnipeg Jets. Face-off set for 7.30. It will be televised on Bally's Sports West and on the LA Kings iHeart Radio Network. You can listen to it as well. Uh, we're going to have some feedback to share from some of our viewers and listeners of Locked on LA Kings and some dissenting opinions on Brant Clark. Uh, but first, I need to let you know um, that I want to thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. Uh, but for your second listen, consider checking out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So we have a couple of emails that I want to share. And actually, uh, the first thing that I want to share is um, not an email. It is from a comment that I saw on the YouTube episode, one of the YouTube episodes we had recently. As a matter of fact, the one that recapped the uh, game against Tampa Bay. And I thought it was worth sharing. Um, we have a couple other emails as well. Uh, this one comes from David A. And again, this was a comment on one of the YouTube episodes, and it was about Brent Clark. And he says, uh, Brent Clark is very good, but one assist shouldn't determine if he stays in the NHL. We are seven games into this, and in my opinion, he has not been as impressive as he has in the preseason. I personally would rather see Jordan Spence in that role this year and bring up Clark next year. I think today... Spence is the more complete D-man and is more offensively ready for the NHL. And he put in parentheses today only. Uh, Spence has paid his dues, has performed and grown at every level, worked up through the system, demonstrated that he could play in the NHL last year, was an AHL first team all-star as a rookie, and a point-per-game player in the AHL this year. I think it sends a bad message if Spence gets passed over by Clark only because Spence is AHL eligible. Just my opinion. I would season Clark one more year in the OHL, bring up Spence to where he belongs, look at maybe moving Walker sometime this year and then next year with Edler's contract coming off and Walker potentially moving their uh, space on the team to bring up Clark, assuming he performs in camp. With all this said, I'm not going to lose a moment of sleep if Blake keeps Clark up all year. Again, that was a, uh, I thought, a very thoughtful uh, comment on the YouTube channel from David A. David, thank you uh, for the comment, and thank you to all of you who take the time to comment on the YouTube channel. Um, if you've listened to the show uh, since I took over, um, I have mentioned it on more than one occasion that I have a bit of a fan crush on Jordan Spence. I love his game. I love the strides he's made in such a, a short amount of time. I think he's a very young, responsible defensive player, and he's got a little we got a little something offensively as well. He's a guy who can quarterback your second power play unit. Um, and, and I think he should only get better as time goes along. I think he is going to be a very solid NHL defenseman sooner rather than later. That said, I don't think he has Brant Clark's skill set. Um, I don't think that uh, he has the upside of, of Brant Clark. And while I really like Jordan Spence, um, I just flat out, I don't think he's um, as good as Brant Clark. Um, and if you're talking about just in the moment now, I think it's close, but I think Brant Clark has, um, more potential to improve, uh, and really show even more offensively as the season goes along this year than maybe even a Jordan Spence would. And, um, yes, we saw Jordan Spence at the NHL level last season, and he did a great job being pressed into action because of some injuries. Um, but I just don't see him actually being a better option than Brant Clark, believe it or not. I know he has earned, um, his you could say he's earned his spot over Clark because he has more service time as a pro, 
Um, but again, this is a bottom line business and the better players are going to play to me. That is Brant Clark. And it's not a slight against Jordan Spence. I think he's a very good player as well, but I think Brant Clark has showed more, um, overall in the time he has spent with the Kings this season and a very short sample size than Jordan Spence did in his time with the Kings last season. So if you're asking me, you know, the, the, to show how old I am, the old Pepsi challenge, uh, you can have Brant Clark or you can have Jordan Spence. Who do you want? I'm going to take Brant Clark right now. Um, and not just because the options are what they are. Um, as far as the, I don't know, it, it, I think David is kind of alluding to maybe a little bit of a loyalty thing here because Jordan Spence has been in the system a little longer and he he should be in line ahead of Brant Clark, so to speak. Um, I, I, I get your point. It's not a bad point. Um, but I think, again, Bottom line business, better players are going to play regardless of what the situation is as far as how much time you've put in or where you've played before. Um, and I just, I think Brant Clark uh, has more upside, has the potential to be uh, a lot better as the season goes along and is just a better player than Jordan Spence, my opinion. I do I do know that we get it, uh, you know, as sports fans and, and probably just with things in general, we love the shiny new thing uh, and that gets all the attention. But if you're, again, if you're asking me, you can you can have one or the other. Who do you want, Brant Clark or Jordan Spence? Right now, based on how what their ability is right now, I, I would take Brant Clark. But as you said, David, you're not going to lose any sleep over it because you know that Brant Clark's a pretty good player as well. But thank you for the uh, for the comment. And we also had this uh, email from Jack in Hermosa Beach, and he says, uh, "I hate to be a party pooper here, but the King should send Brant Clark back to his junior team. While I agree he is super talented and might even help the Kings this year." LA is not a Stanley Cup contender this season. Let's not waste a year of his contract with a team that has no realistic hope of winning a title. The future is still bright, and I'd rather have Clark's contract kick in next season and have him under contract for the next three seasons after this year. I Again, uh, I don't really have a problem with that opinion at all, uh, Jack. Um, it's not uh, a controversial thought to me, to be honest with you. Um, the only thing that I would say is, number one, while I would agree that I would not bet my hard-earned money on the LA Kings to win a Stanley Cup this season, um, we we don't know. We really don't know. It's We're only eight games into the season, and there's still a lot to be determined. Um, do I think, based on the eight games we've seen of the LA Kings right now, that they're a Stanley Cup contender? No. Do I think that could change as time goes along? Yes. Um, but more realistically... Uh, who's to say that Brant Clark playing in the NHL this season doesn't jumpstart his development and make him a great player a year sooner rather than otherwise? I totally get the point you're making about wanting to have him under control with that rookie contract for an extra year. But I think, the again, like the flip side of that is, okay, you send him back to junior. I, I don't think that's going to help his development. He plays a full season this year in the in the NHL and plays the way that we think he's capable of. Then next season, he's already NHL ready. He knows what's expected of him at this level. He's had the experience. He's got the confidence where if we send him back to junior, he kind of has to redo that all over again. So I, th I think that's the flip side to the coin of, of what you're, you're saying. But again, I don't think it's an unreasonable um, uh, comment. Um, and, and there's kind of no wrong answer here. I think if the Kings do, as you suggest, there is upside to that. But I also think there's upside to him staying with the team. And like I said, we don't know what the Kings are at this point. Um, and he can help him win, I think, this year. And he's only going to get better, I think, as the season goes along. So I think I'm I'm certainly more of the camp in keeping Brant Clark this season. 
But like, like you said, uh, if he is sent back, I don't think it's going to be the worst thing in the world either. So it'll be a little bit of a bummer because I think we're all excited to see how much better he could get and how much he could help the Kings this year. But if that's what the Kings decide, if they think ultimately it is in the better long-term interest of the team to send him back to junior and tell Brant, you know what, you were amazing. You, you showed us everything, but we just think overall looking at the organization, it'd be better for you to go back to junior. Then, okay, I'll, I'll be able to handle that as well. Uh, we also had this from Steven Ventura, and he say, he's talking about Sean Dursey's play, which has been you know under a lot of scrutiny, obviously starting off with that first game against Vegas and him having to play on the left side, even though he's the right shot. He's kind of been the young guy who's being put into that position to learn, and there's gro- growing pains that go along. But anyway, uh, Steven Ventura said, I do believe that Sean Dursey's penalty wouldn't have been if he had been a left-handed shot. He's talking about the... Uh, the penalty he took against Tampa Bay that created a five-on-three power play for the Lightning, and thankfully the Kings were able to kill that off, but that was a big penalty, and and I called him out for taking a bad penalty. Um, Steve continues, on the reverse angle replay, you can see that Dursey went for a hit or a push with his free arm, his right, and missed. Uh, This left his stick along the boards and the rest of him behind the player. This caused him to tackle uh, the player. Uh, left shot D would have been leading with his left arm and shoulder. So a miss would have been just a miss bad penalty. Yes, but I don't think he had any intention of tackling him. Maybe Rob Blake or Drew Doughty can teach the old hip check and keep his stick out of the way. Totally agree that we can't overpay for Chikrit was a kind of a final comment that he made as well. Um, I know Jim Fox, friend of the show, uh, said a similar thing to what you're saying, Steve, on the broadcast. Um, uh, but he also, by the way, he did also call it a tackle as well. Um, but I, I think it's true that Dursey playing on his offside can make things a bit more difficult at times. And maybe he has to, as as Jim uh, alluded to when he, Jim, I call him, uh, as he alluded to when he joined us on the podcast a few weeks back, it makes you think kind of that extra split second. It makes you have to react maybe a, a, a split second uh, difference when you're playing on a non-natural side, so to speak. Um, so I'm not saying that that isn't a factor, but I don't know that that was a factor actually in that play, to be honest with you. I think Dursey either needs to keep skating backwards after he tries the poke check and misses, um, or frankly, understand the situation he is on the ice. Because if you remember that play, I believe the player was Vladislav Nemestikov, great name. Uh, and if, if, if Spence was aware the lightning were going for a line change and Nemestikov was the only player skating into the King's zone and he had support did, did Jersey, he had Alex Edler behind him and Andre Kopitar coming into the center. So even if Nemestikov goes around him, there are two Kings there to stop him from going to the net. So he needs to be more aware as well. Um, that if, if I get myself out of position, regardless of the circumstances, I've got support, so don't take a penalty. Let him go. Um, and and, and you rarely want to let a player get around you, but the alternative of taking a penalty when you've got support and you're already down a man is not a good option. The only time you ever want to tackle a player is if he's you know on a breakaway and it's tied late or something along those lines. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There there are probably some some situations this is here for Sean Dursey where playing on that offside is going to affect the way he does things, and it's a learning process for him. But I don't know if that particular one um, was was that specific situation. By the way, um, Steve did mention about Jacob Chikrin. Uh, there is an update, and I retweeted this out earlier. Um, but uh, just just for to let you know, because I know there's a lot of people interested in Jacob Chikrin, 
Uh, Coyotes GM Bill Armstrong said today that Chikrin is still week to week after facing a setback in his recovery from a wrist injury. So he is not going to be on the ice anytime soon. And as I said, I'm not interested in trading for an injured player until I see him on the ice performing at a high level. And and I know 100% that he is over that injury. So bottom line is this, Jacob Chikrin is not getting traded to anyone anytime soon, whether it's the Kings or somebody else. And look, he's still under contract for another year. The Coyotes are in a total rebuild. There's no pressure for them to win at this point. So there's no reason for them to uh, lower their asking price at this point. And if if they don't get what they want this year, I could see them holding on to him again next year and going through this whole process again. But we shall see. Thank you guys so much for your feedback, whether it's on the YouTube channel or an email. It is always welcome. Uh, And if you would like to send uh, a comment to the email address, the email address is locked on eddie at gmail.com uh if you would like to follow us on twitter we are at locked on la kings um we have an instagram page as well it is at locked on la kings again thank you for making locked on la kings your first listen today and again invite you to check out uh locked on fantasy hockey still roden and flip livingstone bring you the fantasy edge to keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates on news analysis and advice monday through friday that is locked on fantasy hockey available on YouTube, Audacity, and wherever you get your podcasts. On Friday's show, we'll have a full recap of tonight's game against Winnipeg, hopefully talking about a win. Looking forward to that. As always, thank you so much for watching and for listening to Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia reminding you, as always, go Kings go.